Are you ready for the quantum age? Humanity's next step in evolution? Dream Vision 7 Radio Network invites you to the extraordinary platform of evolutionary voices for the quantum age. Let's explore. Learn more about this upcoming age where we bridge science with spirituality. Where potentiality meets reality. Where we take compassion into action. Our trailblazers and visionaries will ask the whys, the what ifs, while igniting continuous possibility. Come along with us into an age beyond what we know today, where we can grow together in unity consciousness. Experience evolutionary voices for the quantum age, Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. and 8 p.m. Eastern on DreamVision7Radio.com. Welcome to Awakening to True Happiness with modern-day mystic David Hoffmeister, offering you the how-to to spiritual awakening by addressing on a practical level answers to your deepest questions. David Hoffmeister is a world-renowned teacher of A Course in Miracles and has been traveling the world for the past quarter of a century, offering his wisdom to audiences wherever invited. On this show, you'll hear recordings of David's best live talks, inviting you into an experience of deep wisdom and true clarity. To learn more about David, visit his website at davidhoffmeister.com. Awakening to True Happiness with David Hoffmeister is part of Evolutionary Voices for the Quantum Age. Heard Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. and 8 p.m. Eastern on the Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. Hi, everyone. Welcome. Ah, we're going to have an amazing, amazing journey today. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Uh, yeah, the movie we're going to watch today with Jesus guiding us through it is called The Truman Show. And it's from 1998. And uh, I remember uh, at the end of the millennium, I, I had this strong feeling that we were ready to wake up because... Uh, the Truman Show came in 1998, and then we had uh, uh, The 13th Floor and Dark City and The Matrix. All these movies started appearing in our consciousness that the world was a dream. The world was a matrix. The world was of fiction. The world was a world of, of fantasy and dreams. And clearly, in all of these movies, there is a very strong desire by the main character to wake up from the trick, uh, to forgive the illusion, to release the false make-believe reality, the false trap of existence, and awaken to the one, to escape from the false world and to experience the real world and then also the light even beyond the real world. So for those of you that on the spiritual journey and practicing A Course in Miracles, Jesus has really been keeping step with the movies, you know, just keep introducing more and more movies 
And it's like Jesus and the angels are, here's another movie. Did you get it yet? Okay, here, try this one. Did you get it? <laughs> okay, try this one. How about that one? Did you get it? You know, spirit is just offering one movie after another. And now we've collected them all. We call it the Movie Watcher's Guide to Enlightenment. <laughs> because if you really want to let the symbols reach your mind and show you what's in your heart, what you already know deep down inside, but you need to recognize it, then we need stepping stone symbols. So uh, I think when I went, I got a very strong prompt to go to a movie theater to see The Truman Show. And it was such a mind opening experience that when the show was over, I sat there in the theater for a little while. And then I, I walked out of the, the, the main theater where I viewed it and down the hall. And I just felt so much love for everyone and everything that I just stayed in the lobby <laughs> of the movie theater, just looking at all my brothers and sisters with my heart just bursting in gratitude, bursting in joy and love, almost like, oh my gosh, I've just been shown the the reality of the love and the unreality of the images. And I, I couldn't help but gaze upon all the images with this huge love, like this love I had never felt before. I was just like, oh my God, what is happening to me? I am just so in love. And I remember when I finally did leave the lobby, go out to my car uh, in the parking lot, I drove to visit my, my grandmother, who probably at this point was maybe in her 90s, uh, late 80s or early 90s. And when I went up to her apartment, she lived on the second floor, I went in, she opened the door, I went in, and I was dancing around her apartment like Fred Astaire. <laughs> and she was like, she was legally blind, but she could see enough to know that something was going on with David, because David doesn't usually come into the apartment dancing like Fred Astaire. I mean, I was dancing all over the place. I could not contain my joy. And she said, David, are you all right? <laughs> I don't think she'd ever seen me that joyful, but this was after just witnessing the Truman Show and I could not contain it. I just could not contain my happiness. I said, oh, I'm, I'm more than all right. <laughs> I said, I'm, I'm ecstatic. I'm, I'm in joy. I'm in bliss. I'm, I can't, I can't contain it. It's just overflowing in my heart. And she she was never usually cautionary with me, but she just she just kind of put a finger up to me and she said, just don't become a fanatic. <laughs> and and I I thought, oh no, I don't want to be fanatic about this. It just feels so natural though. It feels so gleeful and joyful, and I feel so happy. I feel happy for no earthly reason. And she did not quite understand that. 
I didn't understand it. How could she understand it? I don't think that we can grasp it in, in human terms, but, but I know I was so happy and so grateful. And I felt like I was in some kind of epiphany. So this week, when all of you voted on the themes that you would like to uh, experience directly, during the movie gathering, I could, I could just feel something coming in so strong in my heart. And as I went through the themes, and uh, it was interesting with our, our Spanish themes and our uh, English poll, Spanish poll and English poll were almost like reverse opposites of each other. And then we had to total them all together to come up with the overall themes. For this week, it was like they were they were opposites, but they had to be put together. So, this week coming in at number one with the total votes is is see my brother as God sees him, and I I know when we first read that see my brother as God sees him, um, you know we may tend to think. I, I just wish I was uh, a spiritual person. I was I was somebody like Gandhi or or Mother Teresa or more Jesus-like or more like Ramana Maharshi or Yogananda, some of the great mystics and saints, uh, more like Peace Pilgrim. But actually, we remember from our lessons in the Course that that God did not create the body. God did not create people. Even in the Bible, it says God is no respecter of persons. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> from the So when we think of see my brother as God sees him, we may, we sometimes think of a of a highly evolved, highly advanced person, a spiritual person, we could call it, or an avatar or a saint or a mystic. And that's really not the way that God sees my brother because God is spirit and God created Christ in spirit. And all my brothers, whatever seems to be their bodies, whatever size, shape they are, whatever language they speak, whatever country they're from, whatever history they have, that's all part of the matrix. <laughs> and and the point of spiritual awakening is to let go of the matrix, not to see a, a, a higher version of, of the matrix. There is no higher version. <laughs> uh, an illusion is, by definition, means nothing. So you can't have a higher nothing. <laughs> and when we say spiritual person, we're really saying, I want a spiritual nothing. <laughs> And so you have to see, if we're going to see as God sees, we're really asking for Christ's vision. We're praying for the light. <laughs> we're, we're praying to go deep inside and come into light episodes and, and a direct experience of the light. Some of you, I'm sure, have read near-death experiences where people go through the experience of seemingly dying, the body dying, the brainwave stopping, and then they go through a whole group of experiences, including sometimes going through a tunnel and seeing loved ones and being greeted. And then boom, they go into this amazing light that 
they just say is unspeakable. It's it's indescribable. It's unfathomable. And yet, when you ask them, well, what is it? They say, it's pure love. It's it's telepathic. It's unconditional love. It's all love. And what was it like being in it? I, I was everything. I, I knew everything. I am everything. It sounds, <laughs> to human beings, it's like, oh my gosh, uh, that doesn't sound like anything that we can put a box around. <laughs> no, it, it isn't something. It's the I am presence. It's the, Jesus calls it the great rays, and he capitalizes G and capitalizes R, the great rays, the brilliant, radiant light of heaven. And in order to see my brother as God sees him, I have to see myself and God and everyone as light. So you might say that this world is like a veil of images drawn across the light, to cover the light, to push the light out of awareness. And when we go on spiritual depth, when we go deep into our prayers, when we go deep into our stillness and, and deep into the silent mind, we're moving towards a direct experience of that light. And Jesus doesn't even hide this in the workbook. You know, he he tells you, sink down beneath the riotous sights and sounds of this world, of this insane world, he says, into the kingdom of heaven. And he's he's saying that that is just pure light. So that's our first one. See my brother as God sees him. And in order to do that, in order to experience the light directly, we're going to have to see the world of images in a very different way than we have. We have to trust the Holy Spirit and Jesus to show us the world in a way where there's no past judgments. We, we can just see it fresh and clean and clear as if we've never seen it before. You know, sometimes you can see that sometimes in the faces of animals. They just have this innocent look, like they're so clueless, they've, like they've never seen anything before. Big, wide eyes, like looking into the eyes of a young deer. Sometimes you can see it in the eyes of a deer or in a rabbit or, I, or a cat. <laughs> I see... Uh, my friends uh, Nuria, Nuria and Marino uh, from Spain, they have their little dog today, and it's got one of those little protector covers. But it looked to me when I was looking at this cute little dog face at the beginning, I was seeing like it was like a halo. <laughs> the dog had like a halo around it, you know, and, and was joining in like, oh, Truman Show. Oh, my favorite movie. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for bringing me online today for Truman Show. <laughs> so the second one we have is let go of the fear of making a mistake. And Truman Show is really good for that because our main character, Truman, he has his fears, his hesitations, He's starting to have a spiritual awakening. He's starting to see things. 
that are strange and he's wondering what they mean. He's starting to be drawn to certain things. Uh, there's a, a woman who will appear in the movie in his, in his life named Sylvia. Sometimes she goes by the name of Lauren, but she just will gaze at him with these eyes of love and acceptance. <laughs> like Sylvia doesn't have an agenda. She's not playing a role in his world. She just looks at him with this gaze like, all I want for you is happiness. All I want for you is freedom. All I want for you is joy. I want nothing from you as a person. I just want you to experience happiness. That is a beautiful gaze. And some of us have been fortunate to have some gazes like that in our experience, where when you're being gazed at by someone who doesn't want anything from you, you feel this huge love. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> a dream figure that's just reflecting acceptance, total allowance, uh, total, total, I love you unconditionally. I love you with no strings attached. I love you for who you truly are as God created you. No expectations. It's very freeing. I mean, oh my God. Gosh, to be loved without expectations, to be totally accepted exactly as we truly are with no strings attached. Wow. That's what we'll see some glimmers of, and that's what this whole movie is about. This movie is about letting go of the past. It's about letting go of expectations. It's about letting go of agendas. It's about letting go of control. And what we're going to see through the movie with Truman is that the entire world that we perceive is very much like the Truman Show. In this world, we, we, if somebody talks to you about a movie, there's an understanding that movies are, are made with, by actors and producers and directors, and they're just facsimiles. They're just um, approximations. They're just assimilations. Uh, just like when people talk about dreams. Ooh, I had a dream last night. Oh, it was a nightmare. I was so happy when I woke up and remembered that it was only a dream. Or if you go to see a movie, like we're watching a movie today, we see the movie as, oh, they're like dream symbols. You know, it's like a theater going to theater, watching Shakespeare, watching a play, watching, watching a movie is watching something that's just made up. It's make-believe. Maybe it's made up for entertainment purposes. Maybe it's made up for, uh, to make money. Uh, maybe it's made up, uh, it's, it's part of a profession called films and movies, which involves actors and writers and screenwriters and directors. But we make a distinction between what we call real life and movies. Uh, when we say, let's go to the movies, we're going to something that we have decided is not real, but it's something that maybe is uh, enjoyable or entertaining. It's the same with theater. 
And what Jesus is teaching us in the Course is that all your time is spent in dreaming. And he's telling us that we really can't choose between the dreams that we like and the dreams that we don't like. Because when we try to choose between the dreams we like and the dreams we don't like, then we make the dreams into a reality that isn't so. So he's just saying, you need to watch it with me. <laughs> if you can see it and see that you're none of the roles and you're, you're none of the characters and you're none of the situations and you would rather wake up from the dream instead of play the game of judging between dreams, uh, then you are ready to know who you really are. And this is kind of the case with, with Truman because um, he's going to get lots of little nudges, lots of little signs and symbols, um, lots of serendipitous uh, coincidences, so to speak, that are, are there to slowly teach him that the world that he perceives is not what he thinks it is. It's not actually a real world. The people in it are not really real people in the sense that they're all actors and everybody is acting. Everybody on the set is a paid actor and, and Truman initially does not understand this, that, that it's a show. Uh, you know, imagine if you were in such a state of mind where you actually knew that this world was just like a TV show and every day, every 24 hours, every day was a new episode. <laughs> what If somebody said, well, what are you going to do tomorrow? And you say, I don't know, I, I haven't got to that episode yet. <laughs> But, but what will you do tomorrow? Oh, I'll do whatever I did in tomorrow's episode. But I'll have to watch and see what it is. You see, it's a different mindset. It's a different mindset when you begin to be convinced by the Holy Spirit that these episodes are not really important at all. In fact, the very first workbook lesson is nothing I see means anything. He's trying to teach us that we're watching a movie and it's kind of like Groundhog Day. It just keeps looping and repeating every day, you know, wake up, get out of bed, brush our, comb our hair, wash our face, brush our teeth, sit down, have some breakfast do whatever we do in our morning rituals. And then most of the day is just a bunch of rituals in form that repeat over and over and over. Episode one, episode two, episode three. Our life is like a video podcast. And we're making a big deal out of, uh, out of the issues inside the episode and Jesus is trying to get our attention and saying, would you come back here with me and let's, let's learn to watch the episodes without judgment. That's the whole goal of spiritual awakening, watching the world without judgment. That's how your mind is set free back to the kingdom of heaven, because heaven, there is no judgment in heaven. 
So when we try to judge the form of things, we are caught in a mesmerism or caught in a hypnotic trance where we we not only are waiting for the next episode, but we're anticipating what's going to happen in the next episode. We are binge watching this world like a Netflix series. We are binge watching. We are binge watching day after day after day. We never pause. We don't take time to pause. And this, this episode, there's 365 episodes every year and it's free. We don't even have to pay for it. We don't have to pay for Netflix or Showtime or HBO Max. We're getting this free every day, but it's not really free. It has a lot of conditions when we identify with this binge watching. We've been, we've been binge watching for year after year after year, never pausing to say, maybe I need a, a silent break. <laughs> I, need, I need a break from this binge watching. I'm, I'm overdosing on time and space. I'm overdosing on fear, false evidence appearing real. I'm overdosing on fear and I'm calling it normal. I'm calling it natural. I'm calling it real. So our third <laughs> our third uh, theme is faith will carry me all the way into heaven. Wow, we do need faith to, to let go of this binge watching, you know, because we've obviously been convinced we're watching something real. Who, who would tune in day after day and be so concerned about the outcomes if we didn't believe it was real, you know? And when we do get to talk to our fellow human beings, for most human beings, when they get together, there's a certain amount of time that's devoted to talking about problems and issues. That's absurd. That's absurd. Why would you use your day talking about problems and issues when Jesus is saying, Oh, there are no problems, and there are no issues. But you're you're a you're not a serial killer. You're a serial binge watching mind that is seriously addicted to these episodes. <laughs> Jesus is like, come back with me to heaven, and you'll see we don't have any episodes. We don't even have the best of or reruns. We have no reruns. <laughs> We're we have we have no runs. <laughs> <laughs> we're just heaven is bliss heaven is bliss there's no episodes in heaven it's just all love and light it's that light that the, they see in near-death experiences you know where they go into it and then they just feel it's the greatest experience they ever had and then they're pretty surprised when they have to go back to the world go back to the episodes <laughs> But nobody is forced by the light to go back to the episodes. The only way you see more episodes is if you want more episodes. <laughs> you have to want them to, to see them. If you don't want them, they're gone. If, if, you, if you want them, then you want anger and you see the characters act out the anger. If you want fear, you see the characters act out fear. If you want guilt, you see the characters act out guilt. But when you want only peace of mind, then suddenly you can afford to watch because you're not watching by yourself. You're watching from the Holy Spirit's 
high fearless perspective and and it's it's quite enjoyable just to watch when you don't have an agenda when you don't want to change it or control it okay our fourth one is seeing difficulties as opportunities for great healing the key to the shift of mind is is just seeing love or a call for love the holy spirit only perceives these two orders of thought everything is love or a call for love when you experience the love directly it's just blissful when you experience the call for love you want to extend love because it's your joy to answer the call for love you don't you don't want to just sit there passive if there's someone's calling out for love you want to give it and by giving it where it's called for, you start to realize that there's only love, that even these two categories, love and a call for love, it's just a, a teaching device used to bring your mind back into a state of, of perfect love. And the last one, the last theme is knowing that all steps are carefully laid out for me. Well, The Truman Show is probably the best movie for showing you that all the steps are laid out before me. Because as you're watching Truman, you'll see every single step is laid out before Truman. Sometimes he's afraid of the next step. Sometimes he wants to recoil and he, he, he can't understand why he would even be given such an option. He's, he's still afraid, he's afraid, but all of us have to learn to say yes when those steps come to us because there's something in our heart that will leap for joy when we say yes to the step we don't even have to understand it we actually will not understand any of the steps until we go through the final exit door <laughs> and we go through the exit door of this world which is really the entry door for Jesus and the Holy Spirit. We call it exit door. They're like, oh, you're really not letting go of anything real. So how can it be an exit? You're just, you're just learning to accept non-judgment. <laughs> come, come into the door of non-judgment and, and be blissful and realize that you never had the power to judge. God never created us to be judges. God never created form. God never created time and space, and God certainly would never create judgment. Now, I want to just talk a little bit before we get into the movie in sense of when people come across A Course in Miracles, what I like to tell everyone is it's, it's just an instruction book for mind training, for training your mind. Yes, it uses religious symbols, God, Jesus, Holy Spirit. Yes, it uses educational symbols, um, learning goal, curriculum. Uh, yes, it does use psychological symbols, uh, mind, uh, defense mechanisms. Uh, it, it uses philosophical symbols. But actually, it's just a tool that your mind can use to reach that state of non-judgment. That's all it is. 
Course in Miracles is not for persons. It's for the mind that believes in persons. People don't need A Course in Miracles. People are projections of the ego, but while you believe that you're a person, then reading is something that people do, right? <laughs> okay. And this is a way that you can seem to be exposed to new ideas, new ideas about yourself, new ideas about your brothers and sisters, and new ideas about time. But I would say that A Course in Miracles is just a, a mind training program that is really like spiritual psychotherapy. Typical psychotherapy is for people to change their world and change, change their environment. But, but spiritual psychotherapy is designed only to change your mind about the purpose of the world and accept your spiritual reality. So that's why it's a spiritual psychotherapy. It's not, if you try to do the course with the goal of improving your personality, that's like saying, asking Jesus, give me a better mask to wear. And Jesus is like, I'm sorry, I'm not interested in the Halloween party. Uh, I am interested in Easter. And I would like you to stop with the candy and the Easter egg hunts. And I would like you to accept resurrection in your mind so you can remember your spirit. That's all that I'm interested in. Jesus is not interested in Halloween parties and he's really not interested in candy and Easter egg hunts. He's only interested in teaching the, the resurrection and, and the resurrection is, is the atonement. It's the correction in our mind for the ego. The ego was a mistaken belief and the atonement is a correction for that belief. Everything is all about that. Really, it's about nothing else. Will the Course in Miracles improve my sex life? No, of course not. Will it improve the, the environment I live in? No, uh, because the environment is a dream and Jesus is teaching us that all the dreams are the same. So he's not going to try to teach you that there are better environments and worse environments. He's going to just teach you that you want to wake up from the seeming environment that you're watching. You want to wake up from this serial episode of the human race, just day after day, Groundhog Day, repeating the same belief in separation over and over and over. So before we watch the Truman Show, I thought we would just let Jesus give us a little lesson on, on perception. Because when we talk about all of our problems in the world, all of our relationship problems, our problems with the government, our financial problems, our sexual problems, all of our problems of feeling unloved, abandoned, rejection, rejected, all of these issues, Jesus is like, actually, it seems very important to you, but they're actually fluff because you have a perceptual problem. You're seeing a world that's not really there. That's, that's what we would call in psychology and psychiatry hallucinating. So you're hallucinating, you're schizophrenic, you're hearing multiple voices in your mind. That's, that's sick. 
that's sick but this is the human race we're hearing you know seven billion separate voices talking and uh that's why we we build houses and try to just live so there's only two or three voices going on in the house maybe a dog barking cat meowing and and a partner saying where's are we out of milk where's the milk didn't you buy enough milk and eggs we're, that's about how much we can handle of the separate voices. If you had 8 billion voices going in your mind at the same time, yeah, that's not going to be very much fun. <laughs> it's just too much. And all those languages too. Too much. Now here's, I'm going to use the beginning of a workbook lesson so we all have the same introductory lesson on perception because i've said it hundreds hundreds of times over the years that it's the only problem is a perceptual problem and and i think sometimes psychiatrists and psychologists get a little bit of the flavor of what that means because they see patients and clients all day and they hear the same things over and over every day they they know there's something strange going on in the mind but maybe you're not a psychologist and psychiatrist. Maybe you're a nurse or a doctor or a construction worker, and you don't hear people talking on your construction job every day about their problems. <laughs> if you did, you would start to go, hmm, I wonder what's going on here. It's, this is a crazy mind. Maybe it's psychotic and schizophrenic and hallucinating at the same time. So here's what Jesus has to say in lesson 184, the name of God is my inheritance. This is a teaching in perception. You live by symbols. You have made up names for everything you see. Each one becomes a separate entity identified by its own name. By this, you carve it out of unity. By this, you designate its special attributes and set it off from other things by emphasizing space surrounding it. This space you lay between all things to which you give a different name. Microphone, mouse, iPhone, keyboard, table, shirt, head, hair. You, you, it's... It's the fabric of illusions. It's like you're assigning names to separate things as if they actually exist. You carve it out of unity, meaning everything's all one, just one cosmic image, and you name all the parts. And he's teaching us this is sick. This way of seeing is sick. This is like the workbook lesson, what I see is a form of vengeance, the reason what I see is a form of vengeance is because it's fragmented. It's not holistic. There's no holistic experience when you see everything as a separate part. All bodies which are greeted by a name. The space you see as setting off all things from one another is the means by which the world's perception is achieved. You see something where nothing is, and see as well nothing where there is unity. 
So he's teaching us this truly is hypnotism, mesmerism. This is truly a hallucination, but we're watching it every day as if it's real. Day by day, we're giving reality to something that God didn't create. You see, that is the problem. God creates in spirit, and we're perceiving episodes of something that has no reality whatsoever. That is insanity, uh, to be seeing what's not there and reacting to it as if it's an, another new episode and some more issues. You see something where nothing is. Thus do you think you have given life in separation. By this split, you think you are established as a unity which functions with an independent will. That's it. Human beings are, are a reflection of the belief that everyone has a will of their own. And you may even say that if you have an animal in the house, a dog, you might say, well, my dog definitely has a will of, of his own, or my cat has a will of her own. Yeah, it's the same thing. We believe that people have independent wills. But this is not the way God functions. This is how a, a private mind believes in private thoughts, and, and everybody, everybody is assigned a private mind with their own private thoughts, their own ambitions, their own past, their own agendas. This is insanity. The, the very fabric of perception is crazy. And Jesus is letting us know this in here. What are these names by which the world becomes a, a series of discrete events, of things ununified, of bodies kept apart, and holding bits of mind as separate awarenesses? You gave these names to them, establishing perception as you wished to have perception be. The nameless things were given names, and thus reality was given them as well. For what is named is given meaning and will then be seen as meaningful. So this is Jesus's great lesson in perception. He's basically saying, you're watching a TV show, and it has different episodes every day. And God didn't create any of the episodes. And therefore, when you feel upset, it's because you have given meaning where there is no meaning. You've ascribed meaning to objects. You've given them names. You've given them purposes. You've given them agendas. You've given them meaning. This is workbook lesson number two. I have given everything I see all the meaning it has for me. It's a perceptual hallucination, and it's all based on false meaning. Also, some of you remember there's a beautiful workbook lesson, lesson number 13 in A Course in Miracles, where Jesus says, a meaningless world engenders fear. Now, what he's saying in that lesson is, you may say, I'm, I'm afraid because of a chaotic world or a hostile world, or a world of scarcity, or a world of climate change, earthquakes, tsunamis, 
financial, global financial crisis, not enough money, not enough food, not enough oxygen. You know, he's going to tell us in lesson number 13 that you believe you're upset because you see something wrong with the world, something wrong in the episodes. You watch the episode and you go, that's not right. That's just not right. What happened, let's say you've just been watching the news over the last few days and, you know, they have like a, a, what the world calls a 7.2 magnitude earthquake in the southern part of Turkey and the northern part of Syria. And 20, almost 25,000 people already have been found dead um, from one earthquake. 25,000 bodies have been extinguished from the earth shaking. And maybe you you watch that on the news and you go, that's not right. That, that is not right. The 25,000 people die when the earth shakes. And it happens a lot all over the world over many, many years and centuries. But this is the most recent one. It's a large earthquake, 7.2. And what Jesus is saying is, if you don't like that episode, and you don't like what happened in that episode of that day, whatever it was, February 6th or something like that, then it's not that the earthquake and the death of 25,000 people bother you. It's that the meaninglessness of this world bothers you. When you, let's say you go through years of your, your career, you raise a family, you do all these things, you achieve things, you accomplish things, language things, possession things, all kinds of achievement of skills and abilities. And then you go to your first Vipassana retreat where the instructor says, um, there's no talking and for the next 21 days, uh, you're just going to be quiet and watch your mind. And the rules are there's no communication whatsoever. Then you start to realize how frightening the meaninglessness is. When you have to sit in silence for 21 days, for most human beings, they go to a Vipassana retreat and they go, it was hell. It was the worst thing I've ever experienced in my life. What did you do? Nothing. That's the problem. Nothing. I paid my, I went there, I gave a donation and for 20 21 days of nothing, I went out of my mind. I went berserk. I went absolutely berserk. I thought society was, was difficult. Wow, Vipassana. I, I've talked to people, I say, would you do it again? Hell no. I would, I'm not going back there. That's the last thing on earth I'll do. I'd rather die than, than go to a Vipassana retreat for 21 days. And the reason is what Jesus is telling us in lesson number 13 is a meaningless world engenders fear. It's not the, the things that happen in the episodes that bother you. It's when you get down closer to meaninglessness, you start to freak. You move through these phases. You go down, okay, down. Now I'm at the boredom level. Still, 
boredom level, but then what's underneath the boredom level is, oh my God, if, if my world and my body don't mean anything, freak out time. It's freak out time. Even the Vipassana meditators who, who, who formed Vipassana, as they went down, they meditate for decades down into deep silence, they reached the freak out point too. The Vipassana meditators would get down there and they'd go, whoa, did you? They'd compare their notes. Freaky, freaky. Because silence is freaky to an untrained mind. Because the mind has been trained to believe in illusions. And, and the Holy Spirit and Jesus are saying, let them go and come into the stillness. Be still and know that I'm God. That's the whole point of the spiritual journey. It's not about spiritual achievements. It's not about psychic abilities. It's not about being a guru or having hundreds and thousands of followers. It's, it's not about trying to make up some kind of a spiritual episode because you'll find that even when you get to the spiritual episode, you're still not going to be content. You're going to still say, well, it's, it's good, but it would be better if everybody wore white and everybody shaved their heads or everybody ate vegetarian or something, you know, the ego will come up with something. No matter what, even if you try to make a spiritual dream, the ego is, is still going to freak out when you try to just pray and be still. Because when you go into stillness, then the ego and God both have a, have a meaning to read onto the emptiness. This is why Buddha said you have to empty your mind. And, and all mystics and saints, including Jesus, have said, empty your mind of everything you think you think and think you know. You won't know the light until you empty your mind of everything you believe is true. Because what you believe is true in this world is blocking spiritual recognition, the direct recognition of the light. Now, why am I telling you all this stuff? It's like I'm giving you a a boot camp <laughs> on a boot camp on spiritual awakening because we're going to watch a movie in which the main character is part of something that he believes is real and yet it's just a tv show the the main characters in this movie are truman burbank truman and then I would say Sylvia or Lauren, she's the one who who tries to break onto the set and say, this isn't real. None, none of this, none of this that you're witnessing is real. It's like Jesus, you know, he broke onto the set 2000 years ago and oh, the ego did not like the message that Jesus delivered. <laughs> My kingdom is not of this world. We have a spiritual kingdom. God is real. God is love. And basically, uh, even in the Gospel of Thomas, Jesus called Thomas over. And then Jesus said to Thomas in the Gospel of Thomas, now I'm going to tell you something, and I don't want you to share it with anyone else. Because if you do share it with anyone else, it will bring fire down on our heads. And and then he kind of whispered to Thomas, the world is is like a desert. <laughs> it's there's nothing here. 
but don't tell anybody. And he also said when he healed people, don't tell anybody I healed you. I don't want to be misrepresented. I'm not here to heal the body. I'm here to demonstrate that we are spirit. And, and it's wonderful if your symptoms disappear and I know you're happy and joyful, but please tell no man what just happened. <laughs> Most of the time Jesus is trying to to prevent rumors from starting that Jesus is here to heal the world and heal all the people. He wasn't really here to feed the hungry, even though he multiplied the fish and the bread. In one case, he was just showing the power of the mind, but he was not trying to end world hunger. He was trying to end spiritual hunger He's trying to end hunger for the light by demonstrating you are light. We all are light. We have a spiritual kingdom, and this kingdom is, is pure love and light. It's, it's with God. But this earth, don't try to take my teachings and put them into the earth. I'm here to teach you to let go of the serial TV show that you call life on planet Earth and realize that life is eternal. There is no such thing as biological life. There is no such thing as genetic life. DNA matters nothing in the kingdom of heaven because there is no bodies and DNA. There aren't any molecules or electrons in heaven. If, if you call energy of this world something, that's not even real. Uh, energy of this world, whether it's it's atomic energy or photosynthesis or energy you feel in your body when you exercise and, and take vitamins. No, no, no. Nada, nada, nada. Nothing real can be threatened. <laughs> Nothing unreal exists. He's just teaching us that we have to look inside ourselves to find the truth. We cannot believe that we're going to find it in form because God didn't create the form and we'll never find our true self in the form. So I hope you enjoy this movie because you can take a ride today with Truman Burbank. He's going to start off believing that he's living in a real world. And he's gonna have to have little signs and symbols and clues that let him know that what he's perceiving is not reality. What he's perceiving is a form of vengeance, as Jesus says. I think it's lesson uh, 22. What I see is a form of vengeance. Truman's going to have to face that. Truman's going to have to face that all of the actors are part of the distraction from know thyself. All of the actors are paid. All of the products and the props in the show are for sale. Does that sound like our planet too? The land's for sale. The houses are for sale. People even get into prostitution. They sell their bodies. You know, they everything in this world seems to be have a price or a cost. And this world is very similar to what Truman's world is too. So this is a very strong teaching device. And I guess when I saw the movie for the first time, I was so ready 
to be shown another way of looking at the world that I just went into ecstasy when I saw this movie. I just went into pure ecstasy, like, oh my God. I thought I was concerned about my career. Oh my God. I thought I was concerned about my family. Oh my God. <laughs> I thought I was concerned about Mother Earth. Oh my God. Uh, this takes your mind back, 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 back to the light, toward the light. Thank you for listening to this edition of Awakening to True Happiness with modern-day mystic David Hoffmeister. You can access more of David's teachings by visiting his website at davidhoffmeister.com. Tune in to David again next week on Evolutionary Voices for the Quantum Age, heard Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. and 8 p.m. Eastern on the Dream Vision 7 radio network.